Britain's Conversation. This is LBC with Tom Swarbrick. Friday evening, 10 to 6 the time. Tom Swarbrick on LBC means, as you know, only one thing. This is the moment for Simon Marks, American Week. Tom, departing Washington for Israel yesterday afternoon, Secretary of State Antony Blinken sounded like a man who had seen and heard enough. Embarking on yet another series of crisis talks with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he gave the clearest indication yet that the Biden administration's patience with the rising civilian death toll in Gaza may be approaching breaking point. When I see a Palestinian child, a boy, a girl, pulled from the rubble, of a collapsed building, that hits me in the gut as much as seeing a child in Israel or anywhere else. Uh, so this is something that we have an obligation uh, to respond to, and we will. Those comments came 48 hours after President Biden suggested he wants to see a pause in Israel's military assault on Gaza to allow more humanitarian aid into the territory and more civilians to get out. Yes, the Biden administration still publicly backs Israel's right to defend itself to the hilt. But as the Secretary of State indicated today after his talks with Prime Minister Netanyahu, that is not a blank check that the Israelis can just keep on cashing. Hamas doesn't care one second or one iota for the welfare, for the well-being of the Palestinian people. But civilians should not suffer the consequences for its inhumanity and its brutality. Yet he had no news to satisfy growing calls in the United States for a ceasefire and announced no immediate breakthrough. He told reporters it's complicated. A number of legitimate questions were raised uh, in our discussions today, including how to use any period of pause to maximize the flow of humanitarian assistance, how to connect a pause to the release of hostages, how to ensure that Hamas doesn't use these pauses or arrangements to its own advantage. These are issues that we need to tackle urgently, and we believe they can be solved. At the very moment Mr. Blinken was speaking in Tel Aviv, somewhere in Beirut, it has exposed the frailty, weakness, total fragility of Israel, more frail than a spider's web. Hassan Nasrallah, the head of Hezbollah, praised the October 7th Hamas attacks on Israel as glorious. Nasrallah claimed to have no advanced knowledge of the operation dubbed Al-Aqsa Typhoon. Al-Aqsa Typhoon was 100% Palestinian in terms of decision and execution. The secrecy in which the entire operation was shrouded proves that it is a totally Palestinian cause. The Americans may not entirely buy that, but they will welcome the fact that Nasrallah did not explicitly threaten to open a second front in the war from the north. With an estimated 150,000 rockets at his disposal and limitless backing from Iran, the nightmare scenario for Washington is any significant widening of the conflict. This week, the Biden administration found itself in a growing bind over the crisis in Gaza. Everywhere senior officials have gone, they've been hounded by protesters. President, oh if you God. care about Jewish people as a rabbi, I need you to call for a ceasefire right now. A rabbi in Minnesota interrupting President Biden there on Wednesday and urging him to back calls for a ceasefire. On Capitol Hill, this week, mayhem. Save the children of Gaza! 
Save the children of Gaza! Cease fire now! As Antony Blinken and Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin tried to testify before Congress about the conflicts in both Israel and Ukraine, they were constantly interrupted by protesters who crammed the hearing room, their hands stained with red dye, to symbolise the bloodshed in Gaza. In the face of Russia's aggression against Ukraine. Not in the face of an intensifying strategic competition in the Indo-Pacific and around the world. If the witness will suspend, yeah. we will suspend until the room is cleared. At one point, the camera cut to Blinken, who looked obviously discomforted by the protesters' attempts to shame him. On the platform we all still call Twitter, search for the Secretary of State's name and the phrase baby killer, and you'll see the situation in which he suddenly finds himself. Israel has dropped more bombs in the last 10 days than we dropped in a whole year in Afghanistan. Congresswoman Ilan Omar of Minnesota, a far-left Democrat and prominent supporter of the Palestinians, is among those piling pressure on the White House to change course. How is it that we have a president who is talking about releasing hostages, who is talking about getting American citizens out of Israel, but could not get himself to say, I want to save the hundreds, thousands of Americans is stuck in Gaza. And by week's end, less radical voices had joined calls for a Biden U-turn. Leading Democrat Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois breaking with the White House in this interview on CNN. Is a ceasefire needed now? I think it is, at least uh, under uh, in the context of both sides agreeing. For example, the release of those who have been kidnapped should be part of this. Let's face it, this has gone on for decades. Uh, whatever the rationale from the beginning, it has now reached an intolerable level. Uh, we need to have a resolution in the Middle East that gives some promise for the future. This was also the week when one State Department official called it quits. Josh Paul, originally from London, spent 11 years as the Director of Public Affairs for the unit that is in charge of weapons shipments overseas. He drew the line at President Biden's decision to send more munitions to Israel. I have never seen a circumstance before in which there is a clear risk of civilian casualties resulting from U.S. arms transfer. Uh, and in fact, we are seeing that manifesting on the ground with thousands of Palestinian civilian casualties. And yet no questions asked, not even a debate about whether or not we should provide the arms that are being used to uh, to commit those, uh, I believe, human rights violations. But the administration is also feeling pressure from the Jewish community here, which is divided, but has many members critical of any softening in America's backing of Israel. As one foreign policy observer put it last night, Biden risks disappointing every American by being too pro-Israel for some, too restraining of Israel for others. And when he speaks about the conflict, you can hear the vice in which the president is caught. I have no notion that the Palestinians are telling the truth about how many people are killed. I'm sure innocents have been killed. And it's the price of waging a war. The Israelis should be incredibly careful to be sure that they're focusing on going after the folks that are the pro- pro- propagating this war against 
Israel. It's a bad look for a man whose approval rating has slumped to just 37% and who is now alienating more voters that he cannot afford to lose. Republicans are seizing on it. The new Speaker of the House of Representatives, Mike Johnson. It's been kind of disturbing to us. I've heard Democrats uh, suggest that there needs to be a ceasefire. Let us be clear. There was a ceasefire. It was before October 7th, and Hamas broke it. Israel doesn't need a ceasefire. It needs its allies to cease with the politics and deliver support now. Logic that he applies to Israel, but absolutely not to Ukraine. There were other big developments here this week. The conviction last night on all charges of cryptocurrency fraudster Sam Bankman-Fried. He faces up to 110 years in jail when he's sentenced in March. The collapse of his FTX empire is a stain on America's business reputation. In another New York courtroom... I should have worn makeup. Donald Trump Jr. mugging for the cameras ahead of his testimony in the civil lawsuit that could see him, his dad and his brother Eric fined $250 million and banned from ever running a business in the state again. Make me look sexy, he urged the courtroom artists sketching proceedings. Tom, they might find it easier to bring peace to the Middle East. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.